everyone, and welcome to Minute 4 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob. I'm Tom. And uh, once again, this week, we still don't have any guests. We're going to wait for that for next week. So this week, you get to hear just me and Tom talk about uh, the first uh, five uh, silent minutes of this movie, <laughs> since there's absolutely no dialogue, uh, or at least no uh, audible dialogue or decipherable dialogue. <laughs> I guess you can say, in these minutes. So, minute four starts off with a bunch of German soldiers disembarking uh, their truck and taking position, and ends when they open the gates for the prisoners to enter the camp itself. This was actually a fascinating minute from my perspective, because a lot of the characters, if you've seen this movie before, you're familiar with the characters, so just to see what the characters are doing in this minute is great. I mean, someone who's watching this for the first time is not going to notice a lot of these things, because they, they wouldn't know who to look for. But for people who who, like me, who've seen this movie numerous times, when, when you see a familiar face, you, you want to look and see what they're doing. And, uh, you know, the the obvious advantage of, of watching a minute over and over and over over the course of uh, a lot of time. <laughs> so uh, you, you, you catch numerous things that, that, that are going on. I, I, I found it to be very interesting, the, the precision that they, that, uh, of the way that they, they have all the German soldiers, you know, when they're, when they're lining up, and where when uh, their cars are, are all parking, you know, they're all, they all park in precision, the way the motorcycles all line up and stuff like that. I, I thought that was very interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it's a stereotype by saying that, that German soldiers, you know, were, were very precise and uh, did things uh, specific ways. But it was, it was interesting to see the way that, that they were able to, to show that here. I mean, it's just it's, it's a little thing that just takes a few seconds but when you're you know when you're looking at it it's just very interesting to, to see the way that all, all the actors playing these these soldiers doing it and and i just found it one of the things i found really funny is you have uh, a, a group of soldiers all lined up of german soldiers and they'll they'll take out their guns and they're pointing them at the, at the trucks you know waiting for all the soldiers to come out and then you get a shot and you see that the third german soldier along the line is just a really is a lot shorter than all the rest and the first thing that went to my mind when I saw that is, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? I saw that short guy too, and I was like, okay. And he's he's also like, he looks like look- he looks it, it looks like someone that they just needed an extra, you know. There were they because all the other soldiers are pretty much the same height, more or less. And then here, you know, you have you have one that uh, that just doesn't fit in it. And also, if if you look close, it looks like his his clothes don't fit him either. So, right, he's short. Yeah. He looks like he's a little chubbier than the rest of them. And I might be wrong on that part, but yeah, it's like you, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, no, no, it just, it just looked really funny because because of the the difference, the, the way that he looked, and uh, you know that like I said, that that, that the Star Wars quote from from Prince Leia just popped into my mind when I saw it. Because, you know, it obviously fits in well with the German soldiers, you know, when you're talking about stormtroopers. And what it's also interesting that here you finally see the trucks uh, pulling up. And if you count the trucks, there's seven trucks, even though earlier it looked like there were ten. So it was, it was interesting to, to, to watch that, you know, to see the discrepancy there. Well, I don't know uh, if it's a discrepancy, because looking at it... It, it looks, looks that way. It looks that way. Well, but, it, I mean, I guess I get the impression there's... Seven trucks on one side of the gate, three on the other, and it could just be the way they shoot it, but it kind of looks like there's trucks on both sides of the main gate is kind of what I saw. Right, but you don't see the uh, the trucks. It, 
in, in an earlier part, you see three trucks park on the side. Right. No, so it was interesting. So if anyone out there uh, actually counted and knows uh, the difference, you can you can tell us about that too. You can give us your your impression as to why uh, it looks the way that we think it looks, but uh, maybe it doesn't. So then then you watch all of these these prisoners get out, get out of the truck, and as I mentioned earlier, that, that was just a lot of fun to watch. Um, I'm actually gonna gonna see if, if how close you were paying attention. What uh, things did you see the prisoners carrying? What were what were some strange things you saw carrying? Well, I don't know if I would call it strange, but one of the things I really liked is Ives has his boots around his neck because, as you'll see him later when he's not getting into too much spoilers, you always kind of see him with those. So that was fun to see. You've got the big old chest. Um, forget his blanking on his name now, but you see him come up with the big old Footlocker that comes Ooh, up. Cedric? Yeah, you talking about Cedric? Yep, he comes up. I don't know why I blanked on the name. He comes out with the big old chest, which was entertaining to see because that'll come back up later is there anything you saw in particular yes uh well first of all uh, most most of them obviously have uh you know canteens or cups you know that are somewhat strapped to them they have blankets that most of them are carrying there's there's a character who's carrying a box that's uh that's tied with string or by rope and uh that's just like uh, has a, a blanket half covering it and the most interesting thing that i saw that 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 i'm surprised they never even tried to use later in the movie is the fact that uh, there's there's a guy carrying a guitar? Yes, <laughs> which which was just so amazing. I mean, as, as I've as I've mentioned before, I've seen this movie so many times, and I never noticed that because it's not something that comes up later in the you know later in the movie. It's not it's not like uh, uh, Rio Bravo, where right in the middle, you know, they just uh, start uh, singing and you know they're, they're playing the guitar or whatever it is. You know, the, this is a guy who has a guitar. Now I can understand why he has why he would have a guitar I, I would question how he got the guitar that's a separate issue and and but but also if you look at all of these these characters their their uniforms they, they, they don't look like they're they've been prisoners for for so long most of them have, have uniforms that look pretty clean yeah i don't know what the laundry situation is and because it's right. not like they're wearing fatigues i mean they're wearing service uniforms so yeah. like how did you guys keep that and how do these service uniforms still fit I mean, some of them I know we'll get into later. They talk about how long they've been in, but like some of these guys have been in POW camps for three years, right? But you also don't see you don't see sweat stains on on any of these uniforms. You don't see. I mean, most of them have their have their hats. You know, these these are, these are all uh, Air Force. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Luftwaffe is, is is guarding them because they're Air Force prisoners. You know, so it means that most of these people probably jumped out of a plane, but surprisingly, they still were able to to hold on to their hats. And, you know, keep, uh, I mean, obviously they're the various uniforms of, of most of these characters are, are mix and match. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not an authority on uh, the way that the, the British uniforms uh, of the British Air Force uniforms were at the time. When you look at it, you, you, you say that you wonder of where are they all getting these these uniforms from so I, I found that to be very interesting i mean i i actually looked it up and there was there's a uh, brit hendrickson did the the wardrobe for this movie and i uh through the research that i did it was it was quite interesting that a lot of a lot of the the uniforms are, are very authentic even if they're mixed and matched uh, again i'm not an authority on it but uh, based on what i what, what i read most of them you know have bits and pieces of 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 their real uh, uniforms whether it was from the the canadians or the australians or the south africans or the polish or obviously 
mostly the British, but uh, I mean, that so makes, it was quite interesting watching it. I mean, that makes sense, too, just given when the movie came out, it would be easier to get your hands on, you know, authentic World War II military uniform, you know, the same way you know, it's easier to get your hands on, you know, the old U.S. Army ACU stuff than it is to get your hands on, you know, stuff that goes farther back. It's, you just have that proximity to the actual time that gives you more options than maybe you would have if this movie were to have been made 20 years later. Correct, but but there is the 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 idea that that even though the uniforms are are authentic but the, the, to have to figure out a way to mix and match each of them, you know, for each of these characters, you're not talking about, uh, you know, giving every single character the exact same right. uh, wardrobe. It's, it's the idea of saying, okay, this is the type of wardrobe that uh, these characters should be having, and we're going to give this one that, and this one this, and, you know, each of them are going to have uh, different uniforms to, to take on. I mean, some of them also have scarves. I mean, you see, you can clearly see that Cavendish... Uh, has a scarf. Haynes has a scarf, um, which which would make somewhat more sense if you know if this did take place in in March, uh, as opposed to uh, actually actually the truth is we don't know what month they they're, they've reached uh, the Stalag. So it's possible that they actually got here where it's where it's colder, or they came from somewhere that was colder, and that's why they had them. So it's it's interesting watching that. Um, another thing that I noticed, which was which is very fun to, to notice, is that uh, Cavendish actually jumps off the truck twice. I did not notice that. Did he? He really? jumps off the truck. He jumps off the truck, and then afterwards they go to a shop where they're showing Haynes and Ives, which even though Ives has his boots around his neck, it, it looks like he still has uh, some sort of shoes or boots on. Right. No, sorry. He has shoes around his neck, and he's wearing boots. That's the difference. And then right after that scene, that it goes back and it shows Cavendish jumping off the truck again. Cavendish actually jumps off the first truck. And the funny thing is, is when he's jumping off the truck the second time, you see that something gets in his eye. Yep. Um, you know, like maybe maybe uh, maybe some sand flew in his eye or something like that at the time. And he 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 rubs his eye and then he gives a dirty look at the guy next to him. So <laughs> it makes you wonder what you know what what that actor was doing at the time that uh, that got him uh, a little bit uh, flustered or frustrated. Um, we also get a quick shot of of, of uh, a few of the the German officers who just look at everything going on and then look away. You know, they're not they're not doing anything. They're, they're also not, not uh, characters who, who we'll see uh, do very much later on. You know, they're just overseeing uh, the deployment of, uh, of all of these uh, prisoners. Right. I almost wonder if these ones we see during the unloading, you know, end up taking all these trucks and going away again. Because it doesn't ever seem like there's that many, you know, like we touched on earlier. It never seems like there's that many German at the camp. So it wouldn't surprise me if the idea is these guys are prisoner transports and then they go off to do some other transportation somewhere else and just leave the ones we see inside the wire to for the long term right well the, the truth is if, if you look at the i mean the very last few seconds of the minute uh we get to see some of the the german soldiers within the wire yep and you can actually recognize two of them that that, that later on uh you know, we, we deal with uh, the actors and see uh, Robert Graff, Graff and uh, Till Wittner, uh just standing. And it, it's interesting that, that from a distance you can you can even recognize them by the, their stance and uh, by the 
I mean, you can see them more prominently in the next minute. So um, yesterday we were discussing that uh, today you tell everyone your history about uh, this movie since I already told mine. Yeah, so similar to you, my father really loved this movie. And I think it was from Turner Classic Movies. We had a VHS recording of it, you know, and it was super grainy and low quality because it had to be low quality if you wanted to get a three-hour movie onto a cassette. But I remember watching this pretty regularly as a kid. It was just kind of on the shelf of, I want a movie to watch and, you know, I want something that's not geared towards my little sister because, you know, this is just one of those movies that I have no idea how many times I've seen it. It was always just... Well, do I want to watch Star Wars? Do I want to watch The Great Escape? Do I want to watch, you know, a John Wayne movie? It was you know, just kind of the list of... There's obviously more on the list, too. But it, so it was always just one of those that I watched on a regular basis. I also feel like it was on Turner Classic Movies an awful lot in the mid to late 90s. And so, you know, and when I got to middle school, like I said earlier... I ended up actually doing a report on the book it was based off of because I loved the movie so much. Then as I've grown to be an adult, it's always just been one of those movies, you know, it's basically filled the same spot of I need, I'm doing something, I want a movie to put on in the background and where I can walk in or I can leave the room and not pay attention, but I look up, I see where we are, and I go, oh, yeah, this is a good bit. I want to watch this for five minutes while I'm taking a break from the other stuff I'm supposed to be doing. That's kind of where I'm at with the film. Okay, cool. That's great. <laughs> I, I The two other things I, I forgot to mention about when, when all the soldiers are walking, and I, I asked you before if you noticed anything else that they were carrying, there's also a point where you see two, two soldiers uh, each of them carrying a strap of some sort of box or, or duffel bag or something like that, and they're carrying it together, which is also uh, quite interesting to see the the, the camaraderie, you know, uh, that you can that see that. Yeah. And you can also actually right behind Sedgwick, right before they cut out from there, you can see Hiltz. You see Steve McQueen just for a fraction of a second there, but you can tell by, by, by his costume and by the way that he walks that it's him, uh, or at least someone pretending to be him because you never know they might have had a stand in there or something like that you know that that i couldn't take <laughs> um yeah so you have anything else for this minute no nope, not for this one all right well just to, to remind everyone you can uh, rate review and subscribe to us our website is uh, the great escape minute.com you can contact us on twitter at great escape mxm our facebook group uh, is the cooler and uh, you can reach us by email the great minute at gmail.com uh, we'd love to hear from you. You know, we want to hear what uh, what you all think about uh, this movie, what you think about what we think about this movie. You know, it's, it would be great to have some uh, conversations uh, online, offline, whatever, with about, uh, about this movie. And uh, we hope you're enjoying this. And tomorrow we'll be back for the, the final uh, episode of this week where uh, it'll just be Tom and, Tom and I talking, uh, or Tom and me, Tom and me talking, me and Tom. <laughs> Either way, however you want to look at it. Uh, I don't have to be an English major. Even I am an English major, but that, that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> and, and then uh, next week, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, around with some guests. Tally-ho.